This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And if you love burgers, you're going to want to go down to the Lake Oswego and the McAdam store. On Thursdays, they have their, their burger Thursdays are back for the summer because they have nice little spots to eat in both of those, those locations. And you can order a delicious burger there with all the toppings and fries and, of course, great selection of beverages to enjoy with that in the store uh, while you're there. Burger Thursdays at Zoo Pants. What else you got going there, Court? Well, one of my favorite things about summer is the great uh, sausage selection that you get at the meat counter at your local Zoo Pans. And this summer, uh, they've got some uh, featured flavors right now is the Sausage Trio. We're talking bacon cheeseburger. I had this last year, and it was unbelievable. In fact, one of the guys behind the counter told me how to do it. It's a double R ranch beef with pork, bacon, pickles, red onion, and cheddar added into the sausage itself. But you, you treat this sausage the way you might an actual cheeseburger. You dress it up with like lettuce and tomato. Um, maybe if you're a mayo person on your burgers, you put that on. And it tastes like a bacon cheeseburger, but it's a sausage. It's And awesome. easy to do, man. You don't have to pat anything out, season it. You just throw it on the grill. Nope. But they also have a jalapeno cheddar sausage or a hatch chili chicken uh, sausage. So many different varieties for you to choose from at your local zoo pans. Well, in addition to those three that you mentioned, I'm going to guess there's probably 15 more in the the meat department. So meat department there, the fish uh, selection. uh, I think we're in Chinook season now. So good time to check out Zupans uh, for all the great things you want to grill and cook up for summer. And, of course, we got July 4th coming. They'll have you covered there with hot dogs. Wagyu hot dogs. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Three locations to serve you. You got McAdam, West Burnside, and Lake Oswego. And, of course, you can find all the details you could ever hope for. Where? Zupans.com, where you subscribe to the news feed. All right, here it is. Time once again. It is Portland's Food Scene Podcast right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. And I'm Court Johnson, co-host, the guy doing the intro. Right. And and I'm the guy who's telling everybody to sub- subscribe and share the podcast with people, too. Please, please do those things. Right. I think it's a good idea. We haven't emphasized. You and I were just talking about Instagram and algorithms and all that stuff. Boy, we could be better at that. But we're still going strong, Court. Ten years, almost ten years, we're going to celebrate. We, ju- we are just 9.5 years. Right. This. In our tenth year, if we're being technical, but not Right, ten. exactly. It's confusing. I mentioned it to my cousin, whom you just met with in San Francisco. That's right. Um, that was cool. And, uh, you know, I told him, I said, my relationship with Court is almost the longest relationship I've had. I have friends. But sure. in terms of personal or business, you and I are going on 10 years. And I, when I told him that, he said, podcast 10 years ago, that's a, you are a long time. And I said, yeah, remember the days we had to actually tell people what a podcast was? Yeah. So yeah. We've, been, we've been going a long time. So lots of episodes. Uh, 300, uh, probably it's safe to say 400 plus. Cause we've got some uncounted in there. Right, right, right. 
but yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, big archives of if you ha- if you're into the Portland food scene and want to go back and look, uh, you can do that through I guess Spotify or Libsyn would have the biggest library I would think right because if you go to our right at the fork website, I don't know how far that search engine goes. Yeah, it. Uh, I I think if you ask the right things, uh, you might get there. But yeah, Libsyn is the is the the company the the hosting site that we use, and so that's where everything exists in its pure form. So right. So if you go to Libsyn and write at the fork, you can find everything. Yeah. And you know we have so many episodes in our archives. When whenever we're talking or I'm talking to someone, and I think, have I? Have we had them on the podcast? I have to think about that. And then others have been on that I don't even realize. I don't even remember. It's hard right. from, yeah. from years and years ago. But at any rate, it's great to be doing it. And, um, and So, Chris, as we talk about you know, being in our, our 10th year, 9.5 9. years, uh, during all of this time, um, you've been doing some great trips. And I saw on, I think it was on Instagram, speaking of which, you announced a uh, new trip to Hawaii. As part of Absolutely. Portland first, this would be the other than our Snake River trips. This would be our first quote unquote domestic trip, but it's not really domestic. It's getting on a plane and flying. But yes, with the Paleys, I'm really excited. So anybody who uh, follows the food world here in Portland knows that I call I've always called him kind of the godfather of Portland chefs. Um. He and Kimberly shut down Paley's place last year, and prior to that had closed the the uh, Headwaters and Rosa Rosa and Imperial and The Crown, which previously was Portland Penny Diner, right? and decided to move to Hawaii, Big Island, and they've had about... 10 months worth of time there now. So they've developed friends and relationships and favorites. So we have um, a trip in May, of, right starting on Mother's Day, 2024, uh, to Hawaii to do the Paley's favorites, have him cook for you on the beach. We have some friend surprises, perhaps, that people would know. And a beautiful five-star hotel. And it's going to be a great trip. I will say this. Hawaii, I have learned, is really expensive. And it's the most expensive trip we've ever offered. But we have a short-term offer to take $1,000 off per person between now and the end of the month uh, to get in the first four slots who book we'll get that thousand dollars off which is that's two thousand per couple that's a significant amount off of what we think is you know a big amount but the hotels and everything in hawaii are more expensive so um we're trying to mitigate that and help people out and get this trip rocking um and vitaly and kimberly have not shared this with their following yet but so here's an opportunity to get in before i think we're going to get a lot of inquiries uh it's a great trip uh to their favorite places as i said beautiful hotel we're going to visit. Um, we're going to visit volcanoes and jump around the island. And if anybody knows the Paleys, you know they're going to do it right. They are not going to invite people to Hawaii and do it half-assed. It is really going to be nicely uh, well done. And on top of that, he's 
definitely inform me that we're going to revise the itinerary that appears on Portland Food Adventures between now and the trip. Uh, maybe a little, maybe a lot, because he's going to learn some new things and uh, along the way. We're also going to visit um, Blue Ocean Mariculture, where he is working with them to promote uh, Hawaiian kampachi. So uh, that is going to be cool, too, to see what he's doing. All right, that's that's that. Very quickly, not to give it short shrift, but Basque Country with Erdaneta, where I just visited last night. Not Basque Country, Erdaneta. But this will be our fourth trip coming up in April of 2024. It sells out every year. It is just a fantastic trip from city to country to farms to Michelin star restaurants, the whole thing. And if anybody knows the 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 team at Erdaneta, it's really fun with uh, with Javier, Chef Javier, cooking for us. Uh, the last night he does a Basque supper dinner. And also JL, who is their beautiful front of the house. Um, uh, greet, well, she's more than a greeter. She, she's, you know, general manager at the restaurant too. And Andre, who I consider my favorite server in the city of Portland. No disrespect to any other servers, but we love Andre. And he takes care of us all. So that's April 20, 2024. We just sold out our Sicily trip in september so i'm happy about that thank you everyone and thank you everyone for listening to the podcast and coming with us on our trips too so and we'll have a couple of new trips coming up to sardinia with austri who does our sicily trips in the fall and also andalusia with the folks from urdaneta we're going to go south and offer something new after we've done four trips to Basque country Thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, public service announcement. The trips are great. If you can do it, mm-hmm. let me know, and I can try to work everything out with you and tell you how to book. Nice. All right. Thanks. Business is out you, of the court? way. What do you you want to go, Court? I know you want to go. I do want to go. I, <laughs> I really do. The, the, the biggest challenges I've, I've found is when I've, you've got, I've got two active teenage daughters with, like, uh, you know, school and dance and life. It's just been, been difficult, but I think I'm starting to enter that phase of life where it'll be easier for Randy and I to, to get away. That's I was in your phase and now I have sons who can actually watch my dog when I right. travel. So I got it. I got it covered. Yeah. Nice. So, nice. so there's that. Now let's get to this uh, podcast, which is an interesting one. So everyone knows well, I guess we don't need to start with Ringside, but we can. I met Bruce Porter when he was at Ringside, and he was the I, operations manager of when there were three Ringsides. He was the operation manager of all three. And uh, then, of course, they downsized to one. Uh, the quick history of that is they renovated the Ringside Steakhouse that has been around since, what, the 30s? They're in their almost 80th year, so you did the math on that. 40s, I think. 40s, right, right, yeah. 40s. So they renovated that, and then they moved for a few years the steakhouse downtown um, to the Fox Tower building. And then when they moved back, they had that space, and they opened Ringside Fish House, which we all knew and loved, and then subsequently sold the um, the the one by the golf course, and then they left 
Fish House. So that left Bruce without a gig at for with them. And then he started his own business. And then the pandemic hit. And then some huge health issues hit Bruce during the pandemic that were really rough. And um, he top lines it. I, you know, we, we could have gone into some of the details. But the thing is, he was through, going through a lot of challenges. And now he's hooked up with the wonderful people at Chef's Table Group, and he is running the operation of the new food cart. I'm going to call it a garden because I think it's a little different than a pod. It is a pod, but it's an enhanced one that um, is also has been um, uh, a project of Expensify. They wanted to build a nice little spot outside of their new headquarters in downtown Portland. Bruce goes into all of this in the podcast, so let's let him do it. But um, it's been an interesting journey for him. Bruce is a Portlander who's been here from years ago and has seen Portland come, go, come, go, and come back. So uh, it's, a, it's a great conversation with Bruce. In the uh, podcast, we'll talk about how to access him, but stay tuned for the downtown beer garden. Um, uh, and I think that's going to open in late July, hopefully. And someone who usually follows these things and knows late July, July might mean August. That's just my take on it. It could open in late July. So uh, Bruce is talking about what's new in pod, uh, food cart pods in Portland and what to expect. So that is this episode. And Bruce is a dear friend and hope you enjoy it. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers and local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland. West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years, Ringside has been providing the best steaks and has been the home of the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. It's your opportunity to travel to the world's most celebrated food destinations with Right at the Fork host, Chris Angeles, and some of his favorite chef friends. Check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com for exciting and delicious itineraries to Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. Stay in great hotels, eat incredible food, and leave the planning to Portland Food Adventures. And I'm trying to figure out the best way to start because I'd like, you know, you have a very interesting background. I met you originally uh, at, not at Ringside, actually at Ringside Fish House in those yeah. days. Yep. So uh, when I uh, had a meeting with our, uh, both our dear friend Craig and I met you then and we've, I think we went out for lunch yeah. once, but I've gotten to know you and, you know, you had your 
consulting business going right into the pandemic and then <laughs> what consulting can you do during a pandemic other than well hold on let's yeah. go for this ride and and then you had some uh if you'd like to go into as much detail as uh, you'd like on your personal health tribulations that happened and you've got you've gotten through them i mean there was a time there when you were posting to facebook and i was just sending you a note here and there uh, where it looked pretty dicey, right? And you were it was, really positive. Uh, that I have to tell you, I can real. I I think if something like that happened to me, I would be not on the glass half full side. So, you know, if I compress what the last uh, four five years have have looked like, um, the diagnosis uh, with brain cancer. Um, Eight months after starting my own business, uh, big setback. Uh, the treatment after surgery for that, big setback. Global pandemic, <laughs> I'm, I'm a restaurant consultant, big setback. I find out in 2022 that I have had bone-on-bone arthritis, which has deformed my femurs to the point where I can't, if, if I don't do it now, they're not going to be able to do it. I have mm-hmm. a double, uh, not often done, <laughs> a double uh, hip replacement. Um, big deal, um, but uh, successful. Um, I I run with the dogs. I um, um, I dance. I uh, walk and do yoga. Um, so. So I want to know the how last, you got how you how you maintained such positivity through all that. I'm sorry, I didn't. Yeah, I don't. But I, I, I wonder if you were just because I saw you on Facebook, and I don't doubt that you were authentic. But I would imagine you had your really down moments oh. too, where you had to get out of it. So I'm curious as to what methods you used to get yourself out of because this is some severe. Uh, tribulation for anybody to go through over time yeah i mean i so uh, you, yes i have had um uh i have had dark days um i've i've had um especially in isolation right um where where you have i could have wrapped myself in that blanket of oh why me this is horrible my life is you know why this just keeps all happening and it's like why not me um and and you know when people would say oh man you just got dealt such a bad hand and it's like it it isn't about the hand you're dealt it's it's about whatever hand you are dealt play it the best you can and i think that my my Positivity, the reason why I um, choose not to wrap myself in, in my grief is that it takes the same amount of energy for me to be upset, uh, resentful, or, or angry as it does for me to be um, positive, happy, and thoughtful and one of the um and and to be honest with you chris 
That was not always. It's like, that's not. Well, I was going to say, I'm, I'm waiting for the opportunity to say, but wait a minute, you had an addictive personality at one yes. point. Yep. So how did you not fall to that and fight? You not only had to fight that out, but you had to fight some of the most uh, terrible news that you could possibly fight off and be positive. I... I, that's what I I think it's incredible that you accomplished that and you're here having a conversation looking great by the way thank you well you're you look, look great you're looking I good mean, as well some, yeah but I haven't been through what you've been through well, and I don't look anywhere near as good as you well we, you know uh, I think a couple of um, of touchstones or inspirations for me was um, watching my parents um, and uh, uh, they have both passed. Um, my my mom passed uh, uh, just a few years ago, um, and my dad um, passed um, several years before. But they they um, set out an example of um, just faith and goodness that uh at times i think you know like possibly with my um uh you know drug uh situation in the 90s that i was trying to run from but they they did things like both of my grandmothers my mom's mom and my dad's mom they brought home to our house when they were in their 90s and when they couldn't take care of themselves anymore. So I grew up, uh, when I was in high school and then in college, um, I, I grew up watching my parents um, take care of um, their, their parents and, and, you know, who uh, both my grandmothers lived to be 95, so they were around for a long time then when my parents it would have been my it would have been my mother's 95th birthday yesterday by the way so I'm, today i'm very aware of what it takes to get to 95 she didn't do it but uh right? yeah that's that's I a mean, good long life and then when my parents um needed help um especially my dad my dad had a uh, uh n- number of health issues but the biggest one, we thought we were going to lose him. He had an infection. He had to have a, his leg removed. And this is a guy who coached uh, football and and uh, basketball, um, who was an athlete in high school and college, was a World War II fighter pilot. This was an active guy. He had 10 kids. He was really active. And we were sure that when they had to amputate one of his legs, that he it would be the end. And what happened instead was he softened in, instead of becoming harder and resentful and angry and why me and I, I can't you know go do the things I want to do and my wife is pushing my wheelchair around and helping me in and out of the car. Instead of that, he, he became this... Um, a, kind of a different guy, and and we had seven years after that amputation with him to kind of get to know him all over again. Where 
he just was so much more open and so much more, um, uh, you know, grateful and and it was it was remarkable, Chris. And and I think my dad um, was a huge uh, inspiration in the regards to how how do I not get beaten down or how do how do I not it isn't that I I don't feel beaten down sometimes and it isn't that I don't kind of like you know oh now what now what's the bad news um but I consciously you gotta get through that you need some you, you need some yeah. mechanism to get through well, that and and my uh you know uh, uh during a, a, a lot of this when I would talk to people or or you know um see people during zoom happy hours or whatever people were like hey how you doing and my response became you know every day is a challenge and every day is a victory and that to to me i think it's not true just for me right we all got stuff we all are carrying some hardship did i have a lot do i have a lot yeah is it um uh is it always kind of there asking to be carried further or yeah but there's times where i just think you know what i i gotta put this one down i just i can't carry that anymore um and it isn't it isn't avoiding it or suppressing it it's acknowledging it and saying yep i see you um you know I see, but I can't. You can't I, just focus on it because otherwise you get you got to go somewhere else. Well, I call it, it compartmentalizing. Would that be a good well, description of it? Um, I, no, because well, uh, if 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 compartmentalizing indicates I'm going to put you over there and not um, look at you again, uh, no, because because I, I think I. I, and, I mean temporarily. I'm, I'm yeah, going to put you yeah. over there and right now well, operate without that thought in my head. That's I, yeah. No, I think I think that's part of that's part of making room for because um, you know if it's all the things all at once, it's overwhelming. I mean, you know, those are the days yeah. where you know those those are the days where it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting out of bed today or i'm not i'm not walking the dog or i'm um but my uh my i'm my early um experiences uh where i did maybe shove things down or led to some very destructive behavior and um you know where where I was like, no, you're not going to tell me what I can and can't do. I work hard and I party hard, right? So you know, don't tell me that that I shouldn't go out. You know, two days. Uh, what do you mean you haven't been home in two days? Well, you can't do that now. You know, for so many reasons. Um, yeah, w- w- one of which is you know I. I couldn't, if even if I wanted to. Uh, uh, two is that I have done it and and know that it ends up in a in a bad place. I um, 
you know, one of the um, one of the challenges I think, right, as as we age, is is kind of wondering if we're, you know, are we still up to what we think we are in our mind, right? We always think like, oh, I can jump over that fence, or um, you know, I can ah, I can run up that hill, um, and especially when physical pain um is and and uncertainty is part of the picture you know that becomes so wearing kind of becomes like your uh your partner you know the the pain doesn't go away but it what it does is it it kind of wears at you and it also starts to modify like um, what you believe about your, you know, well, I'll never walk again. You know, when I was on a walker, um, you know, and and in constant pain, I, I I was like, I will never, I'll never ride a bike again. I'm never, I don't care what they replace. Um, and part of uh, I this, you know, may sound a little. Um, uh, touchy feely, but one thing that has helped me um, specifically over the last five years um, is meditation. I um, uh, meditate for uh, at least thirty minutes every day. Um, sometimes guided, uh, sometimes not, and um, that that started uh, after um, you know coming through the the brain surgery but really it was when the daily radiation and uh, chemo started because I was sick a lot I mean you just feel horrible um, so you know a lot of a lot of downtime and left to my own devices um, in downtime um, is not necessarily uh, wa- wasn't a, a great place to be and you know two things uh, people always would say to me is like oh man you you're a type A personality you're a perfect candidate you should be doing yoga like all the time you, that would be so helpful for you and and others would say, "Oh man, you're just always thinking, and uh, you you should meditate. That'll help you calm. That'll help you, you know, kind of get focused and centered." And I, I, I was pretty sure that they were all crazy. That like, mm-hmm. oh, that's uh, you know ridiculous. It's like, really, you think I'm going to be one of those people walking around the gym with a yoga mat coming up out of there? They all look so centered and peaceful. <laughs> that's not me. Um, and after, you know, you get knocked down enough um, and you start thinking about, well, what if they were right? What if, what if you know, yoga and uh, meditation would be a, a good thing for me? And, um, and I, I would say they have been. That's great. It's good. I, you know, I've been told that too, and I tried it I, a few times, and I got some stories, but I'm not going uh, <laughs> to. Someday I'll tell the story of Bikram yoga years oh ago. Oh, my God. You, did just, you didn't put your toe in the water. Bikram is like insane. Hey, man. 
I drew blood at Bikram Yoga, so just so you know. So we'll leave it at that. So it was, it was fun. We can have that conversation amongst the two of us, and maybe someday I'll start a podcast with all my stories that I have. But uh, that's that. So I'm glad you had that. So let's get to how you, you know, got through your tribulations to your current uh, gig with Chef's Table at the Beer Garden. I want to hear about that, and I'm sure yeah. others do too. Yeah. And, and and there's a place we can celebrate your victories. Absolutely. Um, so 2023, um, I've got titanium hips. I've got, you know, titanium up here. I'm, I'm I gotta pay. I gotta pay more for titanium on my on my watch man, my uh, watch strap. It's uh, so good for you. Yeah. No. It um, and you know one of the amazing things we kind of touched on it um, earlier is that with all this going on and me having started my own business as all this started happening um, financially, I I I was in dire straits um there was uh no um you know option for for me um except for you know i started uh liquidating my retirement monies uh, i sold my alpha mail just to keep the roof over my head and um you know keep the the lights on etc and i um you know was feeling like I was back, you know, ready to get my business going again. And I decided that I wanted uh, to go back to a a team, go back to a a collaborative, you know, work environment with someone that, like, I really – you know, I felt like I would be in alignment with. So in, instead of firing BPH2O back up, I, you know, started interviewing. Um, and you might expect uh, kind of the usual suspects, uh, Landry's, uh, Marriott, um, uh, Compass Group, Lee, I mean, all, all great uh, in their ways, right? But but it, I've all, almost always been an independent uh, restaurant operations guy, and um, with the exception of of Kimpton. Um, but how many of those are left, right? Um, and so the way the uh, my joining the chef's table group happened. Kurt and I have known each other for uh, a number of years, um, uh, working with uh, uh, Portland Kitchen Cabinet for Orla, um, some of the independent restaurant ad hoc groups, etc. So Kurt and I have worked together in that sense, and I didn't, I had, did not have uh, this project on my radar at all, and someone said to me. Hey, do you see that Chef's Table is doing a big, blown-up, you know, giant food pod, food cart pod? I say FCP so that I don't trip over it so much. And I said, what? No, I th- they have one uh, 
uh, kind of a small one over in the southeast. And they go, no. So this is a friend who is pointing me. So I started looking, and I saw the the uh, plans and um, saw the, you know, posting. And I was like, wow, this is like nothing really that I've, I mean, I'm a logistics and ops guy, but I love food carts, but buying food from them. And it's like, I, you know, this is a huge thing. And I was like, okay, you would be challenged. You would be working for a company that you really respect. And local. Um, Local, independent. (laughs) I mean, things just kind of went ding, 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 ding. And, And I was looking at it and I was like, yeah, but this is a huge project. And it was like, wait a minute, Bruce, you've done huge projects. This is this is up your this is right up your alley but with a side street. Right? And so I reached out to them. I I I reached out to Kurt and, and Daryl and just said, Hey you guys, I see this thing. Do you want to sit down and talk? Um uh, you know, about what you're doing and and if there was um you know something that i could do and so we did so what did you know about the project when you first identified it and how is it what have you learned about it uh, that is the same or that is is either bigger or smaller at this point in time well um why don't you describe it for those uninitiated there are a lot of everybody listening doesn't know what we're what we're talking about yeah absolutely well, so um, the oldest uh, uh, food cart pod in downtown Portland uh, was on Southwest 5th uh, between what used to be Stark and uh, Oak Street. Um, Stark has since been renamed of, in honor of Harvey Milk. Um, and so it's, it's uh, right down near uh, Big Pink, kind of in the... Uh, uh, surrounded by you know the banks and just off Broadway and just off uh, uh, Burnside and um, not far from where Mother's Bistro was, right? That's what um, we're talking about. It's actually uh, it's actually closer to where Mother's is now. It's actually now. okay. Yeah, um, Stark Street is is uh, f- um, further down than where uh, this well, is. Yeah, same thing. But yes, yeah, yes, um, and. Uh, there is a large, um, uh, it's no longer a startup, it's global now, but there's a a large, uh, uh, software, um, platform called Expensify that is used for tracking expenses, um, and they're, they're growing their, um, their offerings as, as far as, um, uh, what they offer, but, they moved their headquarters from San Francisco to Portland, uh, buying the First National Bank building on Fifth and Oak and renovating it inside. And it's their global headquarters now. And um, the uh, Fifth Avenue food uh, pod, the cart pod, was directly kitty corner from their offices as everyone knows downtown um downtown areas all over but but let's focus on portland were 
challenged um, camping, open air drug use. This is a block off uh, the building that that was kind of the center of the news for being an open air market. And now has you know been sealed up. They decided that what they would like to do was to reinvigorate the the half block, half city block, right, you know, out their front doors into something really special. And so they decided as a company that they were going to, you know, spend the money to upgrade and create um, an opportunity for, uh, you know, a diverse collection of 28 food carts um, and a bar and a stage and you know they they wanted to invest the money but they needed someone to manage it and so they approached uh, the chef's table group um, here in town in Portland um, you know who is perhaps better known for you know uh, their portfolio of, of restaurants, Oven and Shaker, St. Jack, Ox, Lardo, Grasa, Bluedos, a, a large collection of, of independent and, and very well run and highly thought of um, uh, brands. And uh, Kurt, um, you know, looked at the project and with... It's Kurt Huffman. I don't know if we it is, specified it right up front, Kurt Huffman, but yeah, for those Kurt, who don't know... Yeah. And he's on uh, the... Po- we, you could search this podcast and find multiple episodes with Kurt. With we Kurt, have to have yeah. him back, as a matter of yeah, fact. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll nudge him that way. Um, but, you know, with uh, a financial partner who needs, you know, the the experience and uh, infrastructure and organization to be able to um, manage something this large and um, we believe, I believe, impactful on the the downtown city core. And uh, Kurt, said, Kurt Huffman um, and Chef's Table Group said, yep, we will manage it. And, um, uh, and it just so happens that uh, I will be the uh, community and property uh, um, ma- manager for um, this site. Chris, we are pausing just a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat in Portland, an institution, as it were, Ringside Steakhouse. 79, over 79 years. I remember we were just saying 75 years, so time's flying, and uh, and we're coming up on an 80-year institution in Portland, uh, Ringside Steakhouse, where now, something they didn't have for most of those 80 years was, an, was outdoor dining, and their patio is awesome, and um, it's really a nice spot to eat. They have, they have some heaters out there if you need them. It's really pretty. So whether you're eating, you know, when you eat at ringside, you can either eat in the beautiful dining room, the bar now, you can make reservations to eat in the bar, or outside. Lots of choices there, in addition to lots of choices for different cuts of steak. Right, Court? Yeah, I was just telling you this off air, Chris. I went just recently with my wife, Randy. Uh, You had been telling me, you got to get the Wagyu, you got to get the Wagyu. I I finally did, um, because there's so many great items to choose from, and I just hadn't got to it yet. I went with the olive-fed Wagyu, and 
easily the best steak I have ever had in my life. I like, yeah. I was dumbfounded by it. It's a treat. It's not something you're going to get every time you go in there because it's a little expensive. Sure. But I've seen it for way more elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's something if you have, you know, a couple of times you get to say, just like you did, that it's the best steak you've ever had. And they have it. They have different options, too. So olive, olive fed is just one of them. The food, the food is delicious. Uh, the service is absolutely bar none. The best in town. We had Colin serving us and just the, the best service the entire night. Best food. If it's a special occasion, if it's not a special occasion, Ringside Steakhouse is the place to go. Yeah, it will be just going there. It will turn into a special occasion. There it is. So, uh, and they also have food to go now, and they even on their website they've got a, a scrolling banner. Ringside steaks are on sale, so that's a good opportunity as well. So they are on West Burnside. They're open. Let's give the hours here: four thirty to nine Monday through Thursday, four to nine thirty Friday and Saturday, and four to nine on Sunday. And, of course, set up those reservations. You can do that through the website, ringsidesteakhouse.com, or on the Open Table app. When's that going to be open? We are... What kind of timeline are you on? Yeah, a very fast one. Uh, 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 Aggressive timeline to get open to catch uh, the tail of summer. Um, We're looking for... And right now, construction is underway. We're looking for an opening by the uh, very end of July. Um, oh, that's and, nice. Yeah. And um, we have uh, uh, eight of the um, legacy carts that, that were there are all coming back. And then we have applications in uh, right now for the remaining spaces. Um, and we're uh, looking to, you know... To vet the carts, to um, you know, make sure that we have, uh, you know, hopefully the best of the best, um, and and a diversity, right? You can't have like uh, um, all, all Thai food carts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you you could, but that's not what this is. And yeah. um, um, and Chef's Table um, uh, through our uh, Fracture Brewing. Uh, brand will be running the bar cart uh full and even though it's called midtown beer garden um it will be full service bar uh beer wine and liquor um out of the the fracture uh brewing bar cart and so i imagine you've got some sort of fence structure around this because you can't just have it open like your traditional food cart pod nope, and have people walking yeah. around with drinks on the on the side yeah. this is this is really un, unlike uh anything that we've seen so far i mean it um with the stage for live entertainment um with the bar and on top of it there'll be seating for almost 300 people um uh, in two separate areas, in a bar area, and in the rest of the courtyard, um, it will be uh, covered, um, and uh, there are uh, amenities, 24-hour security. It is uh, gated and fenced in a in a uh, great-looking, um, you know, I think thought-out uh, uh, process. Um, there are, uh, you know, 
so many options as far as you know the aspirational part of it like what can that live stage be used for besides you know uh music on the weekends or uh um happy hour there's we're poor it's portland man there's all sorts of creative right? things no that can there's there, right so. no absolutely i mean um storytelling right is becoming a um a, a big thing right now um uh, i've had a couple of theater uh, company members approach and say so you know that stage is there any way you know um uh shakespeare in the uh midtown beer garden and it's like yep you know what Th- those things uh i think yes afford this to be something like uh a that downtown portland hasn't seen b um that will really have a catal- catalyst uh effect and i'm a i'm well, a Por- i'm a portland kid are- that was a downtown rat for well so it's really exciting that that someone's taking this on because hopefully uh, I'm, ge- I'm hoping that one of, well, many things happen, but at least two I can think of is that Chef's Table decides, hey, this works, let's do this elsewhere and help. This will be some of what helps get ba- downtown back for everyone, not just merchants, but for con- uh, the, the populace as well. Or, and or that other companies decide, hey, this is good. Let's get, I mean, whether they get chef's table or not, it's good for the city to open something like this. And so we haven't heard a lot positive uh, out there that's going to help get people downtown in a, uh, without tiptoeing <laughs> at this stage of the game, yeah. I would think. No, this is, so, a big, this is a big splash um, uh, to have... Uh, a large um, investment from uh, Expensify and a, a management partnership uh, from Chef's Table, and so yeah, I I jumped at the um, opportunity. And again, it's not that that um, Landry's or the Marriott or anybody else. Um, I I just saw this as like this is like the the best thing to be part of you know as a as a portlander and after as we talked about earlier so many of our contemporaries my contemporaries saying yeah i don't i just not only do i not want to do my restaurant anymore or but but i'm leaving portland um and that's that's you know that's hard, and and so I. That, that's something I never envisioned would happen. That's I, where the. That's one of the things that, with the pandemic that happened, is, wow! I never envisioned thinking because I remember people saying they were leaving Portland, and I, and I would think, why would you do that? Why would anybody leave Portland personally or from a business standpoint? And then the pandemic hit, and I was like, I can't. It's hard to argue. Uh, uh, any longer with that so let's hope this helps get it back we really need to and and portland has um like me portland has come back from some you know pretty tough periods in its uh history i got news for you as a high schooler in the late 70s early 80s downtown portland was pretty seedy it, it there was a lot of 
places that could uh, where you could go um, wrong. And you know, it took a collection of really creative people saying, "What about if we do this? What about if we do this?" And and just kind of envisioning what could happen, and it did. And and we're at I think we're at that point again, where it's going to take a bunch of creative, positive people creating this vision of is it going to be different? Very possibly. But is it going to be bad? No, I think it's going to be great. It'll take time to get there, a lot of work, and these kinds of partnerships, which you know maybe didn't exist before no i don't think they didn't well they may have i don't know everything i don't know every partnership but what i will say is at least now in building something beautiful it was beautiful so it's getting it back to something beautiful i can't speak for the 70s and 80s i wasn't here i'm sure that there were ebbs and flows right back to those crazy days in the 1890s that i've seen on documentaries in portland um but now everybody know knew what it looked like when they were kind of carefree, right? Everybody was happy and everything was building and nothing was going to change. But I don't think you had that when things were built from the 80s and 90s. So I think that getting back to something in a different way is probably got a higher likelihood of success than building it in the first place. Like well, who would have known it would have been we would have been a food destination uh, right and, and when you year. when you talk to you know some of the early um uh you know when you talk to like uh greg higgins or um vito uh you know paley um or uh cory shriver or and when you talk to those people about what brought them to portland it it was that you could there's natural resources all around you those are still here there there were uh, a number of of options for building out restaurants right um uh you know when when uh uh when vito opened up paley's place it, it, in a house in northwest portland in a relatively on you know all of those things are still still options and people are, are well and the farms are still close by that right? that's what and, made it yeah and that's and what, you, made, that's you what could, really made it yeah and you could you could get a lease easily you could get um you know favorable terms you could uh, i mean the pieces are still in place we do have to you know advocate for um, there's a number of things that you know we still want to advocate for as as far as uh, you know responses to builders' needs, and it's important I think that we do that exact thing right that that like if people are trying to you know get a lease to open a, a restaurant, let's make it easier. Let's not make it harder um so yeah there's there's still work to be done but the basic there's a lot of work in that area now because not only are things more they're more expensive now that element is gone where 
you know, versus Seattle, you could come here and be creative and open a Le Pigeon and see where it went. You can't do that now. You have to have a business plan and investors, yeah. which is what this project has now. So well, it's a slightly and, different and, model. And and the other thing, I mean, this is um, one of the brilliant parts about this partnership for the Midtown uh, Beer Garden is that um, the infrastructure is built out with water, electric, natural gas, and and um, uh, sanitation garbage, um, which is included in the lease for those 28 carts. So um, propane tanks uh, will be gone. Uh, the the um, wastewater, the gray water um, runoff, we're doing sewer hookup for every one of the carts. We've got a you know grease interceptor uh, in in place, and so there's no more like tanks of gray water that have to get pumped out. Or so it's this is a a, a really attractive place to have a, a cart right now. And you know the the lease is um, a seven year lease with two fives, so this isn't um, like well, let's try it. See and how it goes. Work. We'll just, right? We'll just. It's like so no. The, this. the other big part of that is the security, and if you have twenty four hour security and it's strong, hopefully you won't need it as forever, like as much security. But for right now. Carts need to know they're not going to show up with broken. They've been broken into, yep. and uh, they exactly. got to deal with that. So, um, and, and I think so the I, other thing is when when business areas or or um, when when they start to feel like like oh this might be an oasis of safety and enjoyment downtown, but once that starts to happen, I mean the the people who are not part of it tend to start moving away because like I, you know, no, there's security there and there's lots of traffic and people are, you know, so there is a critical mass, I think where it, it maybe starts as an oasis, but it spreads out and eventually the desert goes away and the lush verdant downtown that we're all, you know, remembering and hoping for returns but it, it doesn't happen overnight. We didn't get here overnight. Um, and, and, and so instead of, you know, people throwing muck from the trees, ah, Portland, eh, if, if that's how you feel, just maybe sit tight and watch and let the rest of us who don't feel that way get out there and work every day all, all in on... Let's just make it better. We're not going to, you know, th- this isn't. I think the- that's been the collective thing, along with the government, the city government. And I, I don't know. I don't follow it every day. But it seems to me some progress is being made on that end. I agree. Too, that there, there's a little more accountability. And uh, we're not just letting anybody run the show. Somebody's got to run the show. And for a long time, the wrong people were just running the show. And by that, I mean getting away with lots. Yep. Um, now, I don't have the solutions for that, but then I wasn't elected, and neither with you. You were right. elected to make this food cart go, I mean, food cart pod go, and it's 
maybe you're not going to call it that too. Maybe you give it a different uh, moniker. Uh, who do you have that people might know? Do you have any um, uh, pretty well-known food carts you can talk about that people might want to revisit that they've re- revisited or and some new ones that are exciting to you? Well, they haven't, they let's, they haven't, we haven't announced um, the uh, non uh, uh, legacy carts. The, le- the legacy carts um, that were there are returning and as a matter of fact uh today um this afternoon we are um uh, going through the um we have more applications than we have spots but um but that's a good thing because you know there will there will be we're going to be there for a long time and there will be um turnover and we're really we're working hard at um making sure that there's, you know, Thai and Middle Eastern and uh, there's some Central American, some Mexican, uh, there's some smash burgers. Uh, there's, um, uh, I'm excited about chicken rotisserie and um, uh, there's a, a Korean uh, barbecue. And so we're, we're working on making sure that we have that representation and um, you know that we are uh, setting out to create a new way to call to to call it a community, right? To to All make right. it to make it be um, th- this is uh, it's enclosed, um, you know, as far as the the fencing and landscaping and you know uh, covers and everything go and and security, but. We really do want to make it feel, you know, like an arcade of, um, uh, or or like a, you know, a European piazza, you know, where where you just gather and. Um, well, I think garden. You've ca- that's what I was when you saw me looking away before. Yeah, because I have a terrible memory. I was playing around on Facebook. Going back to your announcement, so uh, I think calling it a garden is a very positive thing. It says good things, and you know, very. It's a, it's an appealing concept being in a garden. So, I don't know what you're going to do with it, but uh, it is. It I is going to be. I think it's going to help. Yeah, it's it's going to be, um, you know, landscaped and um, and and lit and uh, you know, um, ample seating and uh, and great um, covers and. Yeah, it's 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 exciting, and we are uh, we are moving um, quickly to, as I say, try to be open by the end of July. And um, you know, when we do have uh, the applications, which is probably this week, that we'll you know finish vetting and and you know working out the the layout, the logistics um, that. That you know, we'll start to make announcements, and there are, you know, in the food cart world, there are some um, very known commodities uh, 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 that are looking at at coming in, and um, that you know, it will be part of the part of the mix. Are and, we talking and, about you know, pop ups are big now, so are we talking about? Some restaurants that want to do an offshoot as a food cart because I think uh, that those are obviously good ideas. Yeah, I, they're um, 
you know, since we're moving so fast to to catch the summer, um, th- that th- there's a tier two plan that I have that uh, I, you know, you and I can can talk about um, th- that would involve and again these are all people that you know well uh let's just say for instance um somebody had a food cart that did like onion rings and steak bikes and um and happy hour burgers uh with um like soft serve ice cream machine for dessert um i can't imagine who might that who that might be but yeah well also chef's table is automatically set up to do this because of their relationships with so many great chefs and you know i might add quite a few of them came from food carts including including you know rick from lardo who came from a food a cood fart (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 why i had to switch to fcp because um uh, they'll oftentimes it'll be like a food part cod. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, uh, I just did it. <laughs> well, our, our ages show, our ages are showing. So let me ask you. Um, that's fantastic. I congratulate you for that position. Thank it's you. Exciting. I think. Uh, is there a place where everybody can check in to know? Uh, is there a website for or an Instagram for the garden, whatever you're going to call it, yet? Where we can drive people to, or are we going to need to tell them later? We can, um, uh, the information and um, uh, sign up for uh, updates um, can be found at, uh, boop, boop. The I, can, I can hold this so it doesn't sound like you're looking for it, Bruce. Okay. It's fine. Um, yeah, the, the, um, the good place, I think, right right now um, is to look at um, midtownbeergarden.com, and um, that will become more active, uh, you know, soon. I assume there'll be an Instagram offshoot for that, too. Well, that's yep. great. So what are you doing now that you're... A little out of the woods, I would imagine, or quite a bit out of the woods. What are you doing that isn't working on the uh, on the new project? Are you getting out and enjoying yourself, either dining or uh, in nature in some way or in the city? Yeah, well, the um, uh, I have probably gone more um, FCPs, uh, food cart pods, in uh, the last um, three weeks, just looking at things, checking out things, eating things. Um, I, uh, as I, you know, alluded to earlier with um, nine siblings, um, and uh, from those nine siblings, I have 32 roughly nieces and nephews, and lots of those nieces and nephews have children, so grandnieces and nephews. And uh, graduation parties uh, have been a, a kind of a big deal uh over the the last uh, several weekends um but yeah i i uh am right now uh part of part of my you know bouncing back after double hip replacements was 
like, ah, oh, now I'm, you know, again, I'm going to take on the world and it's going to be the year of Bruce. And it's like, yeah, you know what? In the last couple of times where you've stood up and gone, yeah, I'm, yeah. Um, it, I think somebody's trying to tell you something. Um, so now just, you know, get back into, um, uh, and you and I are both dog, uh, you know, people and, and uh, the amount of time um, walking and uh, and uh, playing and and doing um, at that for me, oh yeah. And the other thing, like one of the best parts about all of the trials and tribulations was my brothers had to take care of my yard, and now <laughs> there's no excuse. Um, and uh, so. Um, you know, I uh, uh, gardening was always kind of a Zen thing for me. Um, I was never the uh, like, oh, my house has to be perfect. It was like, oh, my yard has to be perfect. Um, but my brothers did a pretty damn good job uh, um, of taking care of it. And now it's like I I can't because people see me up and around and I'm good. But but my yard still needs. Like weeding and pruning and planting, and, and there's a blessing that you know your brothers are there. You got your back, uh, and they got your garden for uh, you. So. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, honestly, is that I would not be sitting here talking with you, but for um, the support network of uh, family and friends um, that that carried me through a lot of this. Yeah, well, I, I think, um, yeah, and those, you know what, it takes something like this um, is not that you normally wouldn't appreciate your loved ones, but it makes, it helps you to appreciate everyone that much more. And Buddy, right now, I mean, there had to be days where you were longing to for Buddy, right? And uh, the, the hardest, one of the hardest uh, things for me and it's weird when they did my brain surgery and after I came home from, you know, the hospital, but he could be there right on day one. So he, he went through all of that and my treatments and everything. He was there when it came to the double hip replacements. They're like, okay, so buddy has to go away um, for two weeks before the surgery and four weeks after the surgery. I was like, Wait, what? No, I can't. No, that's not. And to me, that seemed crazy because it's like I had brain surgery, and he was there to greet me when I came home. And they're like, they're "Right, like, he, he's your he's your charger." Yeah. Well, and and they, they were like, "Yeah." So here's the difference: on those surgeries, we were taking things out. On these surgeries, we're putting things putting- in. And the other part of it. Is that has he ever like jumped on you or knocked you down? And, and I was like, no. Um, I mean, maybe a long time ago, but you know. And I mean, and they're like, has he ever come up behind you, like on a? St-? So at the end of the day, the really one of the hardest parts was we'd never been apart for more than a couple of days. Was he had to go to um, boarding school? Uh, for um, about six weeks 
great place yeah. out in Forest Grove. He, they sent me pictures every day. He um, uh, learned how to speak French. Uh, I mean, it was it it was a. He even learned how to ski. Um, and here, well, you got a skiing dog out of the deal. Yeah, well, he's a great Pyrenees, so I mean, it yeah. only makes sense, right? That's that. So I've always said, you know, I, same thing. My dogs, formerly b- before Oakley and now Kodak, Oakley got me through some really tough times. Yep, emotionally, just mentally. And uh, Kodak, I mean, I, I'm in a better headspace now. So, but I know that when I'm with him, I my cheeks hurt because I got a big smile on my face, and I know how that how much that must have meant for you, especially going through what you went through. So, well, and, and again, in isolation, I mean, I, I had conversations. I mean, I had conversations with him. Uh, I'll I'll send you a copy of one of the. Buddy and Bruce in the studio sessions, so you can see how insane. I saw went. some of those. Yeah. I, yes, I. I was. That's why I brought it up before. How did you? How did you do that? You maintained such a positive thing. So I'm very happy. I'm glad we had this chance. We got to get together. Yeah. So I'm. I'm glad we had this chance to uh, spend some time together. I appreciate your candor, and um, uh, look forward to hearing what happens. With you know, let's let's check in again in a, yeah. a decent period of time because usually I like to um, I like anything that's happening that's new. I want to yeah. talk about it after it's opened because yeah, yeah. talking about plans, uh, the, it's not necessarily the function of this podcast is to be a PR opportunity. This is more about you, Bruce, and I appreciate you coming on and talking about what's going on with you and a big part of what's going on with you is your gig so i wanted to get there too so um thank you thank you i i um i appreciate it uh and i i am happy uh to see you and and um probably a lot of this was me just wanting to catch up and uh but but you know i know you guys will edit it down and and uh we will have to catch up on, well, uh, it's it's one of the reasons I love having this podcast because I am in Portland a little bit now, not as much as I used to be, and uh, it keeps me in touch with with people I generally admire, I I know and love. So um, thanks for coming you. on, and it's a good opportunity. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right